much fat coming up the bottom. <laughs> My own now? Okay. We live in a time where things are so different. And our our culture in the last short time has encouraged us in many different ways to hush our mouths and stay away from congregating with God's people. It's just a fact, isn't it? Now, don't misunderstand me. I, I'm thankful that we have technology in which if someone's sick or, or can't physically get here, that they're able to participate in that means. But there is nothing, hear me, there is nothing like going and getting with God's people and worshiping right. a risen Savior. Nothing can substitute that. Okay? And, and I want us to look here at the beginning of Acts chapter 3. <coughs> and we'll start in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Now first of all, what, where did they go? They went to church. Didn't they? They went to church. It is important for you as a child of God to go to church. Go to church. Be with God's people. Things happen. Matthew, he tells us, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst. Now, that can still happen at your house, don't get me wrong, but I see more than two or three, and if he's coming to two or three, whoo, I know he's coming here. And, and there's nothing like experience in the presence of God. 
but they went to church. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Second point. Those who are in need know where to come and ask the church. I am here to tell you that, that I am convinced that in the, in the days to come, the sick, and I don't mean just physically sick, the, the, the sick at heart, all those in need are going are gonna to pour into churches. So if they, those who are in need, are going to come, how more, much more important is it the, the one accord that we talked about last week and God's people at being here ready to receive them? Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I understand some, uh, there are things that keep us away from church, whether it be jobs or illness. I, I'm not saying, I'm talking about somebody who is healthy, who has no reason not to come to church other than they don't get up and come. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's important that we be here. And it's important that we be here to receive the... We don't never know when somebody's going to come in here in need. Never. We don't know. I'm telling... Not that... Well, let me just say, God has surprised me time and time again through COVID who shows up here when, we, when, when we're remote learning. I mean, we're remote. Here I am, a school board. But remote learning. <coughs> we're remote preaching. That's why it's, it's so important to me, even in those times when we couldn't meet, to be here. To, not to do it from home. I could have done it from home. Kevin would have probably appreciated me do it from home. <laughs> but I'm drawn to here. Why am I drawn to here? Because this is where the presence of God shows up to His people. There's a problem if we're not drawn to church. The Bible says the sick and the needy will be drawn there. There's example after example after example. Now this guy's sitting outside looking for a handout. But he doesn't, under, he doesn't have a clue the blessing he's fixing to get. I'm going to end up turning this off if I don't see it. Back to the fat. That's just that's just the facts. To ask alms, I'm finishing there in verse 2. To ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Watch here. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter, uh, and fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, look at us. They discerned he had a need. Not necessarily, not that he had a physical need, but he had a spiritual need. They knew he couldn't walk. But they weren't really concerned about what he couldn't do physically. They were, they were, they were concerned about his eternal situation. And, and another point. They here they are going to church. How many times do we go to church concerned about ourselves? We're only worried about ourselves. But no, they're walking in and they 
They are so in tune to the Holy Spirit that they perceive the need that somebody is, is having trouble. That's important for us as, as, as a family of God is to be discerning of our brothers and sisters' needs. You, you can sense when something's off in somebody. And you don't have to go dig into what it is. But go up and give them a hug and say, listen, I don't know what's going on, but it looks like something's going on. I'm praying for you. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. I don't need to know because God knows. But, but to, to be cognizant and, and have a sense of your brothers and sisters inside this family to realize when something's going on inside of them that they need extra prayer. They need an extra touch from the Holy Spirit. But they, they realize they, they realize that. Now, now, think for a minute. You don't have to say this out loud. What is, what is the first thought you have when you pull into the corner of Walmart and see a beggar? Is it godly? That was a beggar. At the church door. And what he thought he was begging for is not what he was begging for. You don't ever know when God is going to use you in a beggar's life. I'm not telling you to go stop every beggar you see and, and do something. I'm not telling you. I'm, I'm telling you to be, to be listening for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And it may not be a beggar. It may be somebody else. But I have a feeling that, that we turn that stuff off. Because our old fleshly first human thought is, is why ain't that sucker out got a job? I'm working every day and he wants me to give him such and such. I'm going to tell you something. That's not the right attitude to have. It's only by God's grace you're not switched into something. You're not standing out there and, he, and he's in your car. But be receptive to the Holy Spirit speaking to you someone's need. And, and lots of times it's just going to be praying with them or praying for them, lifting them up. But then again, it may be times that you're supposed to give them something. But we've been so hardened to that. And I'm guilty. We've been hardened to that. And we've been hardened because of our culture. Because how we, we're spoiled. I'm going to tell you something. We're spoiled. We are spoiled rotten. God showed me exactly how spoiled I was two weeks ago. I'm telling you. We're spoiled. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, we're blessed by his mercy and grace. We're spoiled spiritually. But with that comes responsibility for us to be able to give that to other people. And be listening for the Holy Spirit. He, he didn't save you to be a snob. I'm just telling you. He didn't save you to be arrogant. He saved you to be humble. He saved you to share your testimony with other people. To share that what he's done in your life, he can do in theirs. The Bible says when you share the gospel, it doesn't return to him void. Promises that. 
Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. He asked for money. And fixing his eyes on, the, on him, with John, P, uh, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Doesn't say he was expecting to receive money, does it? But that would be the natural thought, right? That they were fixing to reach in their pocket, pull out some change and give it to him. But no, he's going to get more than that. He's going to get eternal life. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received their strength. You think he still won't change? Mean money change? Oh, he got change. He got real change. He got life changing change. Because his heart was in the right place. Because his heart was right where it was supposed to be when he encountered Peter and John. We don't know when those people's heart are in the right place and they have that encounter with us. Only God does. So if we ignore it or we're prideful or we're arrogant or whatever we may be and we pass, that, we pass by that opportunity because we weren't listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, He will tell you when you, when, hey, you need to stop right here. You shouldn't go out there and be deciding it yourself. What you should, what you should pray to God is, is that, that he will give you the spirit of discernment and the Holy Spirit that, that if he asks you to stop and witness and minister, minister to somebody, that you have the ear to hear it and do it. I'm telling you, this more of this is coming. More of this is coming. God's people have sat back for years and just rode the church wave Waiting on God to come back. And I'm telling you, you're, you're not here to ride a church wave. You are here, and you're probably fixing to be busier than you've ever been in the name of God. Some of you look like you ain't too excited. <laughs> I am. Hey, and I, when I tell you that, I'm, I hope, I mean, I hope this, this, this place busts open. And I hope I have to quit my day job to stand up here at this church and preach 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't care how, I don't care. I hope Felicia has to bring me food up here to eat. That's the, that's the work. We're not just going to get to ride the wave until God returns. He didn't put us here for that. So what I'm telling you here this morning is, is you need to, you need to wake up your spiritual man and woman. You need to wake up. Because there's a world full of needs out there. A world that needs God desperately. And, and that's why he's got us here. To share. It says go make disciples. Go spread the word of God. He don't tell us to go rope them and chain them and bring them in here. Just be ready. Because he's going to bring them. 
But I'm concerned that sometimes we're not ready for them to come. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. I'm going to tell you something else. This is really going to disturb some of you Baptists. <laughs> he ain't through healing. God is not, he didn't quit doing miracles 40 chapters ago. He didn't quit healing, folks. In Matthew. Or wherever you want to pick. The same God that was doing that work back then is still can do it and will do it today. But again, we've gotten, we've gotten set in our traditions. And we think, oh, that was, that was way back. I, I, I ain't limited, my God. I, I've seen him heal somebody. You have too. There ain't a doubt in my mind who healed her. And others. What more testimony do we need? It's happened right before your eyes, but yet our faith still what? It's weak. Week. Let me tell you something. That morning that God laid that on my heart to do that, I was scared to death. You know why I was scared? Because all you Baptists sitting out here going, <laughs> what is he about to do? <laughs> what is he thinking? I, it, hey, it's truth, isn't it? I didn't heal her. God healed her. All I did was be obedient to pray for her. That's all I did. Scared to death of what y'all were going to think. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest with you. Isn't that what I'm supposed to be? That was my flesh gnawing at me. That was Satan saying, don't do that, stupid. These people are going to cast you out of here. And I had to come to the point where I, it, 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 they're just going to have to cast me out. Because God's telling me to do it. And oh, what a blessing came from it. Amen. I think it blessed everybody. But God is still in the business of healing. He's still in the business of performing miracles. The problem is, is our faith in believing that He will and can do it. And I'm telling you, as we draw near to His return, I believe we're going to see more and more of it. More and more of it. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple in verse 8. Then walking, leaping, and praising God. He wasn't praising John and Peter, was he? You see, when those sick and when those in need, they get deliverance, there's no, nobody's got to tell them where the deliverance came from. When you got delivered, didn't you know where it came from? Didn't you know who to go to? 
give John and, and Peter any credit, which he shouldn't have. He jumped up praising God. Can you imagine this church house full of people who were getting delivered spiritually or physically? Can you imagine the show? Who'd want to go home? Talk about revival. As the days draw to an end, people are going to realize that they can't get healed by worldly means. God is going to show them that the only way they can get healed is through Him. And to get healed through Him, they are going to be searching and knocking and showing up in places to try to find Him where He's inhabited. Telling you. Can't wait. Can't wait. I can't wait to say, hey, you come down here and pray with this one. You come down here and pray with this one. Hey, 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 you come down here and lay hands on this one. I know some of you sitting there going, well, don't call on me. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Buckle up, buttercup. I believe it's coming. I believe in the power of God to restore and start gathering up his people because time is short. Get my exercise. <laughs> Verse 10. Then, uh, nine. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. What a witness, right? Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement in what had happened to him. They didn't, Peter and John didn't need to go preach a sermon then, did they? But they're about to. It's a good one. But they, they know this man has sat there for who knows how long begging. And right before their eyes, God physically heals him. Then they're in wonder. In amazement. Verse 11. Now as the same lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Now, he took, he took action right here to make sure that what? The glory went to God. This is a picture of, of, of Peter's heart. Because it would be real easy for Peter to throw his chest out and say, oh, I laid hands on this man and guess what happened? But very quickly, Peter steps in and he says, listen, he said, now as the lame man was uh, healed, held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together, which is, which is called Solomon's. Okay, verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel of this? Or why look so intently at us as that by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? He said, why, why are you looking at us like we did it?
The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, look here, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. He said, y'all delivered him up. Pilate was going to let him go. He said, why are you marveling? But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you. And kill the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Powerful, isn't it? And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in, presence of, in the presence of you all. He said, the one you had killed, the one you testified against and had Pilate killed, faith in him has made him well. Praise the Lord. He, he's, he's still doing those things. He's still able to do those things. But it's we of little faith that don't believe he can. Or he will. Let me tell you something. I don't find anything in my Bible where it says that ended. I don't find it. Why don't we believe? I'm trying to challenge you here this morning to open your mind and open your heart to the things that you're potentially about to see. I have told you time and time again, I believe that a great revival is coming before we go home. I do. I believe it with all that's in me. And I believe when, as that happens, that the Holy Spirit is going to divinely work in people and we're going to see things happen that will just blow our mind. And we're not going to have to wonder where it's coming from. God's people aren't going to have to wonder and those who are lost are going to know. Think about it. If, if, if things, if real revival starts happening, and the lost people are seeing that. And, and we know where we were at when we were lost in turmoil and chaos and no peace and no joy. Don't you think they're going to run to it? Sure they are. And we got to be, be ready to receive them. And I'm going to tell you something. Their sin is sin. I don't care what... There's no telling what may come through that door in sin. Don't you roll your nose at it. Don't say they're not welcome here. I'm telling you. They're, 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 the fruits of sin in this world are, are you know. But don't roll your nose at it. The door is open because Jesus can heal it. He can cleanse it. And if they can't get cleansed in here, where else can they go?
Verse 17. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. So did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer has thus fulfilled. He has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He said, all of you, he said, that's what this man, this lame man got. Is, a, is, is refreshing. It's refreshing. He said, all of you out there who, who, who have whatever multitude of illnesses or physical ailments or spiritual problems, be like this man. Come to Christ. He's the one that healed him. You see, this is a spiritual hospital. This is the spiritual doctor's office. Or it's supposed to be. I come here because I have a spiritual ailment. Sometimes it's just a runny nose. Sometimes it's pretty serious. But, but when I get with you and I fellowship with you, God doesn't work in me. And when a lost person comes into this church on the brink of death, this is where he gets revived with God's people. Out of love, we welcome them. Out of mercy. And then we just witness. We show them the means, and that's Jesus. And get out of the way and let Jesus do his work. Don't get in the way. That's a big mistake. But just get out of the way and let Jesus. Just be receptive. And if the Holy Spirit speaks to you and, to, and asks you to pray for him or whatever it may be, just be obedient. Just be obedient. I believe, I believe, I really believe things are going to happen that, that will blow our mind. Verse 20. I'm going to back up and catch 19 with it because it runs together. Repent therefore and can be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing. Refreshing. God's people need refreshing too, don't they? See how you get it? Repentance. Just because you got saved don't mean you don't ever have to repent again. I don't know about you, but I'm doing it all the time. And once I, once I get that off my heart and I've repented, what, how do you feel? Refreshed. Because the Bible tells us that those who have been put as far away as the, as the east is from the west. So if you don't feel refreshed after you repent, there's something wrong. You had not really repented. Mm. Been there too. You got to let it go. 
If you truly repented with an attitude of repentance, you should feel refreshed and peace and joy after that. That's where that peace that passes all understanding comes from. Still didn't get through 20, did I? <laughs> Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. From the presence of the Lord. And that He may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of His holy prophets since the word began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul will not hear the prophet shall that will not hold on. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes. And all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. He said, you have been warned. He said, you're not ignorant. You're not going to get to claim ignorance. He said, but if you don't receive him, you're going to be eternally destroyed. Cut off. Verse 25, you are sons, you are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed to you first. God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. He said. This man y'all had killed, God sent him to bless you. To save you from your sins. To cleanse you. To make you whole. He said, don't, don't ignore it. I, I say to you this morning, don't ignore the Word of God. Don't ignore the Word of God. There are so many riches in the Word of God that, that tell us the events that are taking, going to take place. And don't limit God. We have a bad habit of that. Well, I don't know why He would do that for me. but Well, He's not going to do it for you if you don't have any faith in Him and to believe He can. Or He will. He won't. Because you don't even have the faith of a mustard seed. But if you'll quit listening to the world and listening to Satan and get yourself in your Bible and your prayer closet and stir up your faith, you might see a miracle. I'm ready to see one. Another one. And I believe he can. And I believe he will. And I want you to believe that. Because I believe there is a day and a time coming where this body, in one accord, like we talked about last week, is going to have to be believing. Believing in one accord. 
have faith in one accord and ready to act in one accord into the will of God and be obedient to what he tells us to do, whatever that may be. I'm telling you, God works in making you un, uh, uncomfortable. He loves it when we're uncomfortable. He keeps me there. I get tired of it until I see the blessing coming out of it. You are not supposed to be comfortable. What does he say? Look, look at, uh, I was reading this this morning. It got brought to my attention this morning. I probably done closed it. Oh, I'm hot. Where is Second Timothy? I got it somewhere. Unless three. Tucked in here somewhere. There it is. Look at Second Timothy right quick. And I'm gonna I'm gonna close. Second Timothy three. Look at verse twelve through seventeen. It says, "Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution." It's not a matter of if. All of you trying to dodge it. It's going to happen. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Why do you not read your Bible? I'm just, I mean, it tells us this, and we still walk by it every day. Don't we? I don't believe anybody out here, including myself, can say I spend enough time in my Bible. Too much time in my Bible. You can't spend too much time in your Bible. How do you avoid being deceived by people? By knowing the Word of God. By knowing the Word of God. That's where you get your wisdom, it says. In all things. In all spiritual things. So if we want to be wise to what God may be going to, be, going to do here in the future, don't you think we ought to all be in our Bible pretty diligently? I'm asking you to study real hard until He comes back. That we as a family, as a church, will be prepared and have wisdom. You see, I may have to look out there and go, 
Tommy, what do you think about this situation? Or, or Weldon, what do you think? What is God speaking to your heart about? Danny, what, are you, what is God saying to you? I need to be able to lean on people. Do you feel right about this, Gary? We need people who are, who are well-educated in the Word of God. Jerry, what's God saying to you about this situation? But he clearly tells us where to go find the answers. And oh, dumb sheep that we are, we go, I'm hungry, I'm going to watch TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling my, my flesh is the same as yours. I get kicked in the tail about once a month. About I'll get to a spurt in my life where a few days I hadn't picked it up. Because I think, oh, I, got, I know where I'm going to be Sunday. So I'm telling you the truth. It ain't about Sunday. It's about daily, daily feeding on the Word of God. So that I have the wisdom... And, and, and I can discern spiritual things as it comes to me. Praise God. Amen. David, would you dismiss us? David Kelly. Thank you.